Are you with me on this? And so agreement is huge. And it's a heart issue at its core. Like really, it's really what's going on in your heart. You could have the action, but I'm talking about the attitude. I'm talking about our hearts connected and saying, God, God so loved the world. And we can even say, God so loved Cal State San Marcos that he sent his son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We can do that because the world, the Cal State is included in the world. And we can do this and go, wow, God loves these people. And I'm gonna pray because I can't do this in my strength, but God can change a heart. God can save a soul. God can move on somebody. And I wanna pray. And we join in agreement. And, it would, and so when I, when I say it's a heart issue, I'm saying it's something that has to shift in our heart to submit to what God's asking us to do. But practically, it can really look like coming into a room and you're praying with somebody and vocalizing your agreement when someone else is praying. Have you ever prayed with someone and it's like, it, it feels like the spirit of boring is all over the room, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you're like trying to pray and you're like, man, I thought that was really like, oh man, I was putting my whole heart into that. And they're like half, half awake, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you're like, oh man, okay, uh, I'll see you later. I'm gonna go pray in my car by myself. <laughs> so I feel like something's actually happening. You know what I mean? Like Jesus said, if anyone agrees, you know, and all that stuff, I don't even, I don't know if you're agreeing. I'm not sure if you're awake. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever prayed like that? And you're like, oh man, this is, feels like nothing's happening. Well, probably because the agreement's not there. You, you know what I mean? But when we come together, it's so powerful to come together and you're praying with people and they're like, yes, Lord. Yes, God. Like, yes, do it. Amen. Or, or if you're like super cool, you're like, I echo that. I echo that echo of that echo. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you're joining an agreement, right? <laughs> You're joining and you're saying, yes, amen, let it be done. Literally the word amen means let it be done. It means so shall it be. And so when David knocks says, God, I pray that you would save this professor. I pray that you would move on their life. I pray that they would encounter power and love. And I'm like, my heart's jumping inside because I agree with that. Well, let me help a brother out and encourage him so he doesn't feel like he's out on a limb by himself. I'm gonna say, amen, come on with that. I agree with that. That's how you can vocalize your agreement. Be like, well, I'm agreeing in my heart, but your face looks boring and it's hard to pray with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel discouraged. <laughs> Are you with me on this? It's like, it's hard to run. It's hard to run spiritually and passionately in prayer when everyone feels like they don't wanna be there. It's hard, man. And so, I, you know, either way, I'm gonna pray passionately, whether you're gonna run with me or not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray with everything that I have because I'm committed to this thing. Like Paul said, pray without ceasing. All right, that's the deal. I'm gonna pray without ceasing. Paul, you know, he, he's talking about devote yourselves to prayer. Colossians 4, 2 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Amen. I'm there. My heart's settled. Like I'm going to pray. But it's so awesome when people come together and they say, let's do this thing together. And I've experienced it at times. I mean, I, I, I was telling my friend Johnson this a while ago and it was just a highlight. And we don't, I don't even, honestly, I think we were praying for the campus, but it was me and my wife and Rochelle sitting in a car, not and Rochelle, my, my wife, Rochelle and Johnson. That was weird. Um, she wasn't my wife at the time, but whatever. Okay. We were sitting in, in, in my car, sitting in front of In-N-Out after a Thursday night service, just hanging out. Uh, I think we were just giving him a ride home or something like this. And we're hanging out and he said, hey, let's pray. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, like, I mean, and, and, and as a side note, it's good to have friends who want to pray. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird to say that at church, but like, like in a sermon, like, hey, find friends who pray. But it's, re it's weird because you can hang out with Christian people all day long and none of them pray. And no one wants to pray together with you. You're like, bro, fellowship has to do with God being in the ship. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
God is on the fellowship and prayer is included in that. And having friends who you can pray with, that's a real friend when you can pray with them and they can pray with you. And so he said, hey, let's pray. I'm like, okay, let's pray. And I'm telling you, the second we started praying, the presence of God just filled my car. And I was like, oh, well, hey, I guess that's uh, where two or three are gathered, come together. There I am in the midst. I mean, like, it's so simple. But if we, if we, we pass the threshold of feeling and pass the threshold of, I'm not sure if I get this. You just do it anyway. You'll experience this stuff. And I remember we just prayed. We just, we prayed for like five minutes and we just prayed for the campus and the presence of God filled our car. And I was like, this is life-giving. This is really life-giving. This is friendships that last. This is powerful, and this is God moving in my car. Like, come on. And not just in my car, but our prayers are sent up to heaven, and he sends angels to come and answer the prayers. This is powerful, man. And so I want to encourage you to be that person. Be that person who's joining in with the other people who are praying. And don't wait for, don't wait to, for someone else to do it for you. Just be the person. Just be the person who's joining your hearts with other people. And, and we're talking specifically campus because that's what we're mobilizing for. But there's so many things, man. You pray about everything. You pray about your family. You pray about your job. You pray about your career. You pray about your schooling. You pray about your stress. Whatever it is, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to join with Dom and say, hey, Dom, your, your school schedule is wild this, <laughs> this semester. Let me, let's join and let's pray and let's join our faith together and ask God to give you a peace that will surpass your understanding so that way you can make it through the semester. You can pray about whatever it is. And so everyone say agreement. agreement. So that's a huge thing in intercession. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if we can get through these last three here uh, just a little bit faster there. But number two is the word. There's something powerful about praying the word into your prayer times. You take the scripture, what God has already revealed as his will, and when you're interceding, you just declare that over the situation. I, I, love, I love when I'm praying for people just to say Philippians 4.13, God, I thank you. you know, <laughs> I thank you, Susan, can do all things through Christ who strengthens her. I thank you that you know she's the head and not the tail. She's coming over and not going under Deuteronomy 28, you know, all these scriptures and I can just pray these things and it's not even like me having a fancy prayer. It's just, I'm, re I'm the revealed will of God in scripture. I'm just declaring that over their lives. And how many all know that, that the, the apostle John said that if you pray according to the will of God, God hears us and we know if he hears us, then we have what we've asked. So simple, right? And so we go through scripture and we declare it. Um, you know, I, I don't, well, let's, let's just read this. In Acts chapter 4, this happened. The disciples did this in Acts chapter 4. They just got persecuted for their faith. And so what did they do? Whine about it? No, they went to prayer and they joined together. Verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices, someone say, together. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. And, and sovereign Lord, they said, I mean, can you, this is, do you get this? You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything. In he said, they said. So there's one prayer and they said, they said. There must have been such unity in their prayers that maybe five people prayed it, but the summary of their hearts was this thing. You, you with me on this? It, was like, it wasn't like Peter prayed this and John prayed this and, and Bartholomew prayed this and they were all kind of different. No, no, they, they said, they said, sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Now he starts quoting Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand against the ruler and, and the rulers gather against the Lord and against his anointed one. He's quoting Psalm 2. And now, they're, now 
they're using that and saying, God, you, you said this. And indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They're saying, it's actually happening. This Psalm 2 thing is happening to us right now. And verse 28, they did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, verse 29, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Come on with that. You can be like, whoa, man, look at that. That's what happens when people come together in unity. P places are shaken. People are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're empowered to go out, not to just feel cool because they felt the goosebumps of the Holy Ghost, but they got to go out and actually affect the world because that's what the power is for. The power is for a purpose, and the purpose is to reach people. Are you with me on this? But the, here's what, I, the point is this. They quoted Psalm 2 in prayer. They were saying, God, this is what's happening. I saw what's happening. And I believe that you can pray it when you pray for things. The word is powerful to recount back to God in prayer. And I, and, and I was saying that Philippians 4, 13, or, or saying, God, you said in, in Joel in, or in Acts 2, God, you said you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh. God, do it in our day. Do it on this campus. Father, you, you know, you said God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God, you love this place. And so we're asking, pour out your love in this campus. You love this place because you said in your word, you know, there's loss and you came to seek and save the lost. And so, Father, I'm asking, Luke 19 said, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, God, this is what you said. You came to seek and save. And so I'm asking you, come here, seek and save the lost. Raise up people, raise up laborers for the harvest. You with me on this? And you recount back to God the word. It's not the word, the sword of the spirit. Come on. And I believe that when we speak the word of God into the atmosphere, the, the sword that we're speaking actually can cut things in the spirit or the spiritual realm. It can defeat the works of darkness in the spiritual realm. And we didn't even realize what we were doing, but there was such an anointing, such a power because you spoke the word of God. And atmospheres shift and things change because you spoke what God was saying over the campus. Are you with me on this? Number three, um, this might be a little controversial, but I'm just gonna say it anyway because I believe in this wholeheartedly. Uh, praying in tongues, the, the gift of tongues, praying in the spirit. I really believe this is such a powerful tool to use in intercession, praying in tongues. And so we're going to do a teaching on this in about two months or something like that. So if you want more extensive things about uh, what scripture has to say about the gift of tongues, then stay tuned. We will go deeper in this. But the thing is that if I say it in short, Mark 16 verse 17 says that these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they will speak with new tongues. And so Jesus qualifies all believers that they can actually have the access to this grace uh, gift called speaking in tongues. And, and, and so the, the thing is, is, it's such a powerful tool. So if you pray in tongues, it is a powerful, powerful tool of intercession. But let me read to you out of Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says this, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what, we, uh, what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so, man, I, this is so powerful. The reality is this, is that we don't know what to pray for sometimes. 
It's just the way it is. Sometimes we'll walk into a situation, we'll go into our prayer times, and we, we're not even sure what to pray for. We're like, uh, God, uh, save the people. You know, like, I don't know what I'm praying for. And so the thing is, is that, the, but the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 8, knows exactly what to pray. And the Holy Spirit always prays the perfect will of God. And he prays through us what God wants to happen. So when you pray in tongues, you're always hitting the mark. You're always praying the perfect will of God. Because, it's, because the gift of tongues is the Holy Spirit joins with your spirit and, and he gives you a language to pray through. And obviously you use your mouth and it's not just a, your spirit, but your, 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 your spirit man comes and you use your mouth to speak out in a language that God gives you. And you're praying the perfect will of God. And it's so, so powerful. When I'm interceding and when I'm praying for things, I always go between tongues, English, and worship. It's like a, it's the trifecta of passionate intercession, you know, like, and what I mean by this is like, I will join and I will just start singing worship, you know, whatever. I'll say, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then I'm just walking and I'm just praying. And I'm saying, God, thank you for the campus. And I'll take a moment and pray in tongues. And then I'll go back. And what's happening is my spirit man is being strengthened. My spirit man is in tune with the Holy Spirit. And my spirit is catching what God wants to say. And sometimes what happens is, what I've experienced is that the things that I need to pray for start coming to mind after I'm praying in tongues. Because my spirit man is catching what the Holy Spirit wants. And, and Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14 that you can actually pray to God and ask and to interpret what you're saying in tongues. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit brings to mind what I'm actually praying in the spirit and I'm able to just pray and say, God, I'm praying the perfect will of God with this, this gift of tongues. And so why, why am I bringing this up? Because the, the simple thing is that we don't always know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit does. And one way that he's equipped us to tap in to what he's doing is this gift. It's the, you know, it's the first gift that he gave to the church in, in regards to gifts of Holy Spirit. After he ascended, it was the first gift that fell in Acts chapter 2 in Pentecost. It's a powerful gift. It's probably really important. It's the first one he gave. And so... Praying in tongues keeps us in touch with our spiritual life in Christ. I like to call it supernaturally assisted prayer. You know what I'm saying? Sap. But anyway, <clears throat> last thing is this, uh, fasting. And so uh, one powerful, powerful tool. Man, we're, we're, you know what I'm saying? I, let, me just, let me just back up. Uh, our heart here is to train and equip you and to, and to, to, to live like Jesus, okay? And so we're, we're not going to always give you the most easiest things to say. And so I'm telling you all these types of things because my heart is that a generation would rise up who know how to pray and who can do this stuff with passion and, and actually see results. And so I'm teaching about fasting for a little bit here. Fasting and prayer is probably one of the most powerful things. It, it, and so let me just read this out of Matthew 6, uh, verses 16 through 18. Jesus says this out of the, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you fast, everyone say when. Notice he did not say if, but he said when. So just take that. Uh, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So in other words, if you're doing it just to impress people, when someone's impressed, that's all you get. You don't get breakthrough, you just get one person being impressed. But verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father, I love this part, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Fasting has a reward. But what I want you to know, he says, when you fast. When you look in Matthew 6, he says three things on the when. He says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. 
And it's really important, he did not say if, but he said when. And so he's already assuming that this is going to be a, a discipline if they're going to be a follower of Jesus. They're going to be doing these things. They're going to give, they're going to pray, and they're going to fast. And in, in other words, it is a, a normal Christian discipline. Fasting, by definition, is literally an abstaining from food for an amount of time for spiritual reasons. Okay, so like, just to clarify this, fasting is abstaining from food for an amount of time for spiritual reasons. The reason why I say this is because some people, they'll do a media fast, they'll do internet fast, they'll, they'll, they'll do uh, different various things like that. I'm not saying that that's not a real fast. All I'm trying to say is that biblically, it's always having to do with food, all the time. <laughs> We're like, oh, come on. <laughs> that, and here's the deal. I want to also know, like I have a friend who's, uh, I, for, I think it's called hypoglycemic. Is that what it's called? Like the sugar thing or whatever. So I have friends who deal with things like that. I'm not trying to say, oh, you can't, oh, you can't not eat and oh, you're going to die. Sorry. You know, guess you can't fast and be spiritual. I'm not trying to like make you feel guilty because you can't do those things. But what I'm trying to say is that scripturally, that's where it is. And I think there's ways that you can actually get around it. Like, for example, th there's thing called a Daniel fast. And what I mean by this is that they didn't just like not eat anything. They, they just ate vegetables and water only. And actually, they ended up being stronger than the rest of the people who ate all the other food. And so there's different types of fast throughout the Bible that, that you can see. Esther did actually nothing. She did, <laughs> she did a three-day fast with no food, no water, and nothing. So, you know, there's that too. Uh, I've tried that before. You know, uh, it, it's, it's harder. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, personally for me, I always do like a juice fast. So personally for me, I'll just drink juices and water, and that'll be what I do. So if I say I'm going to take two, three days, I'm going to fast, I'll, I'll have a juice or like a smoothie or whatever it is, but I won't have like solid food or whatever. So you just have to go to God and kind of figure out like, what's the deal? Like, what, God, what do you want me to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it can, it can be a crazy thing. And the other thing about this is this, is that sometimes people are like, I'm going to fast. I'm going to do seven days straight with only water. And my first time ever fasting, I'm like, bro, you're going to get jacked up, man. <laughs> like the last fast you ever do. <laughs> no. Yeah. And if you make it through, you're going to have diarrhea for like a week after that, dude. This is the way it is. Fat, people who fasted know exactly what I'm talking about. So y'all look at me like I'm weird. I'm just saying, like, try to fast three days, don't eat anything, and then get a carne asada burrito. It's coming straight through your body after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just being real. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, okay. All I want to say is that it's about food, but go to the Lord and ask him, okay? So, like, I'm not trying to be legalistic. All I'm trying to say is that I, I really feel like there's something different that happens when you don't just fast meat, but you actually do something that affects your flesh. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? And so I, I want to be sensitive to different people's uh, bodies and how they're functioning and things like that. So be, be aware of yourself and don't be irresponsible. But... Um, the, but the other thing I want to say is that fasting and prayer is something. So it's not just fasting. It's not just a diet to lose weight and think you're more spiritual. It's like, no, no, it's fasting and prayer. It's together. It's not a diet. It is a seeking God. It's in, in you know, like Jesus said, you know, don't do it to, to like get people's acceptance. But it's not bad if people know. It's just the motive if people do know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, I'm fasting this week. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty cool, right? You know, like. Obviously, that's wrong. He just lost, like, a whole truckload of treasure in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like, just kidding. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but the point is, it's not bad if people know, you know, because sometimes I've seen people get so legalistic about this, and we're like, hey, you want to go eat with us after Crux? Isn't me so, um, I, uh. I got, I got, I got, I, I can't, 
I can't. And <laughs> they get freaked out. They don't know. It's like, it's, hey, just tell, hey, dude, yeah, I'm just fasting today. I'm gonna, it's okay. Like, it's not like you're going to get, it's not like it's going to, like, you know, annul your fast. And, like, everything you prayed for in the last 24 hours is, like, not happening anymore. Like, it's, like, it's not like that's going to happen. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I just want to say that out loud for y'all, okay? Um, but it's fasting and praying. It's setting aside some time. So if you say, I'm going to fast lunch. Okay, well, in instead of eating, then pray. Pray about whatever you're asking God to have breakthrough in. Let me just go through this. Uh, the, you know, It says the Father rewards fasting. So I'm just going to give you uh, four rewards that I've experienced and I've seen and you see scripturally for fasting. Uh, no, one of them, you can put A or whatever, um, is spiritual breakthrough. Uh, and let me, let me show you what I mean by that. In Mark chapter 9, the disciples were trying to cast a demon out of this young boy, and they couldn't do it. They, they just couldn't. They were trying, and they're trying, and they're praying and praying. Nothing was happening. And so uh, Jesus comes on the scene, and he's like, uh, you know, how long must I be with you? And like in an instant, he's like, come out, and the demon comes out, and the boy's totally fine. Here's your son. And the disciples are like, um, Jesus, what? Uh, why couldn't we do that? <laughs> it was like, why is it? In other words, like, where's the power in my life? I thought I had power in my life. Where's the power? And Jesus' answer was this. He said in verse uh, Mark 9, 28, he says, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Verse 29, so he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And there's some things in life that you're just not gonna see breakthrough in unless you take time to fast and pray. It's just the way it is. And just like the disciples, we wonder, where's the power in my life? And one of Jesus' answers was prayer and fasting, denying yourself. It's not the only way, but it is one way that Jesus identified that power can be released in your life. Spiritual breakthrough can happen in your life if you take time to fast and to pray. Well, there's this sin that keeps besetting me. Well, why don't you fast and pray for a few, for a few days or a few meals or whatever it is and ask God for breakthrough? You with me on this? We, 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 we fast and pray and God rewards and one of the rewards is spiritual breakthrough. And we can see that. So we, we fast and pray for the campus. And say, God, we've been, we've been doing stuff. We've been doing outreach. And we, only, we haven't seen many people come to Christ. What's going on? Let's take time to fast and pray and to push off whatever principalities, whatever powers, whatever rulers of darkness that are holding back what God wants to do. And let's pray and fast and see God move in a powerful way. You with me on that? Uh, second one, B, is hear God more clearly. One reward of fasting is that you actually hear God more clearly. And what I mean by this is that when you take time to fast, you are denying your flesh. You are starving your flesh. You are feeding your spiritual life. And, and inevitably, when your spirit man gets strengthened, you just start hearing God more clearly. And you see this in the book of Acts chapter 13 and verses 2 and 3. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate uh, to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they lay hands on them and sent them away. In other words, they were in a time of worshiping and fasting and God spoke. And I believe that sometimes when we set ourselves apart to, to even abstain from eating food even and to say, God, you're more valuable than this food at this time. I need you. Just like Jesus fasted and prayed for 40 days. And when the devil tried to tempt him to eat, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by the words of God. And we're dependent on God. 
God speaks to us. And we, and I, I don't know, I know this might sound weird, but it's like spiritual Q-tips get in our ears and, 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 our, and, you know, and he just cleans us right out and we can hear God more clearly again. I feel like what happens is it gets all the clutterness gets pushed away and we're able to see God and what he's trying to say way more clearly. And so that's one of the rewards of fasting. Uh, the third reward of fasting is increased dependence on God. When we're fasting and praying, it actually uh, activates an increased dependence on God. And that's what I was referring to. Matthew 4, you can read that. Jesus is fasting uh, for 40 days, uh, and he's in the midst of a 40-day fast. The, the devil is trying to tempt him to turn these stones into bread. And, and Jesus said, no, no, no. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What's, what's the point? He's saying, no, no. This, this whole thing, I've been living off the word of God and, I, and it's sustaining me. And I really believe that there's a, 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 an attitude of the heart that becomes more dependent on God when you take to prayer and fasting. And if we're gonna see a move of God, it's not gonna be in the arm of our own flesh. It's gonna be in the power of God. And so the last one is this, increased spiritual awareness. And we're, we're making good time on this. Increased spiritual awareness. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what, what, what's the point? You see this combination in scripture many times, watch and pray, watch and pray. In Colossians 4, 2, that verse I quoted to you earlier, he says, uh, devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful. There's this thing about uh, praying and seeing, praying and seeing, praying and seeing all throughout scripture. Isaiah talks about, I think it's uh, 65. He said, I set watchmen on your walls. And he's talking about the intercessors. He's talking about people who would pray. What, what's, what's the point? Is it 65 or 64? I don't know, somewhere in there. 62. Yes, it is 62. That is good, David. I'll take scriptures for 700. <laughs> David, David just got it. David just, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what's the point? It's watch and pray, watch and pray. What, what am I trying? When you're starving your flesh, you're feeding your spirit, and, and you're taking time to pray, I really believe it increases your spiritual awareness to the sense that you're able to see in the spirit and understand what's going on in the spiritual realm a lot more clearly than if you, you know, just sat there and watched Netflix for two weeks straight. You, you know what I'm saying? You with me on that? Like, I, I'm not saying Netflix is, Netflix, hey, on flick. Hey, I'm flick. No. No? All right. Sorry. Don't do that. All right. Don't do that. I'm not saying Netflix is bad. I've had my share of Netflix binges. I, I get that, dude. I, I'm not, I don't, I don't think Netflix binges are good either, but <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that you, you're not feeding your spirit, man, and then it's hard to understand what God's doing in the realm of the spirit when you're so fleshing out, you know? And so when you take time to fast and to pray and to get the heart of God, all of a sudden you're just aware of things. I've noticed in my life, the things that the devil tries to attack me with, because I know what those, there's like a handful of things that I know if it's spiritual attack in my life, the, 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 the arrows, you know, the flaming darts that he tries to throw at me, I know what they are. But when I'm fasting and praying, I'm way more aware, aware of it and I'm, I'm stronger to be above it, you know, like to overcome it. I'm not underneath it, I'm above it. And I think that's what prayer and fasting does. And not only that, my awareness of spiritual gifts, my awareness of, of prophecy, my awareness of flowing in those gifts, words of knowledge and all that, all of a sudden it, it, it's like heightened. And, and here, here's the reality. You are, you are taking time off of a regular schedule to spend more time with God 
And so what do you think? You, you know, you think you're going to get spiritually worse or better? You know, I'm saying like, I mean, I, I'm saying increase spiritual awareness and all this stuff. But the, the, the real practical thing is like you're dedicating time to be with God. You're going to get closer. You're going to hear him better. You're going to experience more of God because that's just the way it is. When you hang out with somebody, they rub off on you. And so you're empowering your spirit man to hear more clearly what's going on in the spirit realm. And so I, I just know that I've been more in tune with what the Holy Spirit's doing when I've taken time to fast and to pray. And it's so much better to pray when you have a target that you can see and now you can shoot arrows at a target instead of shooting arrows in the dark. Like, I don't know what to pray for. Well, let's fast and pray and let's really hear what God wants because then I can shoot arrows at a target instead of like, oh, pray for that, pray for that, pray for that, pray for that. Everything, you know, like that meme, like all the things. It's like, no, like God wants to, he has a plan, he has a purpose. And in Ephesians 4 and 5 says to find out what the will of the Lord is. And if he tells us that he, to find it out, then that means we can actually do it. And so uh, I hope I inspired you to not eat. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, yeah. So I, I want to encourage you really practically, though, to take time over the next two weeks to fast and pray. Now, that's going to look different for each person. That might mean you just skip one meal of breakfast. That might mean you skip a, a, a whole day of, of food and you just have water and juice. You got to ask God. But take the next two weeks and practice this thing. Try it out. Try it out. If you've never done it, try it out. If you have done it, then please, we, we love to see fasting and prayer affect the campus. And we pray for, we can take time to pray for the crux, the campus, the outreaches, pray for your own personal breakthrough and pray to even just get closer to God. Like, and, and so anyway, we just replace it with prayer and we mobilize. We, we're getting ready. We're seeing things happen. And God is going to move when we pray because he promised he would. I, it's in his time and it's his way, but our job is to pray. I say, God, we're, we're gonna lift up prayers and believe that you're sending down answers. And so... Uh, amen. I hope that encourages you and helps you in your, in your intercession life. And, uh, you know, we're not all intercessors, but we all called to intercede. And uh, just in the same way that we're not all worship leaders, but we're all called to worship. You know what I'm saying? Amen. <laughs> I know Breezeman really wanted to, to t try out to be a backup dancer for the worship team. And so, you know, we're <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. All right, here's what we're going to do. Let's all stand up together. We are going to, look at that. I just want to say praise God because this is good timing. Um, here's what we're going to do. We, I would love it if you guys could gather in groups of three to five people. What I recommend is that you find uh, people.